Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafry. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collector's Podcast. Enjoy your travels! Hello and welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I've been collecting Doctor Who since 1981. In 1985, I had this crazy idea to start a Doctor Who store, and I called it Bundles from Britain. And I served the area fan clubs in the Chicago area. Soon after that, I gained some very important people in my life who became partners of the business and it became legitimate. I left the business to pursue college and another life and uh, came back into Doctor Who about six, seven years ago, as far as that. Never stopped being a fan, but came back into it as a collector and as a interested party and discovered that the business lived on and is still a very much part. It's a different name now. Of course, it had completely transformed from just British items to other things, uh, became a different company entirely, but the person that I sold the company to is still going on. And I discovered in a book called Red, White, and Who, the story of Doctor Who in America from ATB Publishing, that Bundles from Britain lives on page 384 as part of Doctor Who history in the USA. So I'm proud to be a part of that. Please come say hello at the largest Doctor Who event in the Midwest, the Chicago TARDIS Convention, coming up this Thanksgiving weekend in Lombard, Illinois, in its 20th year, so you know it's going to be great. Uh, Among the guests that will be there this year headlining is Paul McGann, the 8th Doctor, and Tozen Cole, who plays Ryan Sinclair with Jodie Whittaker. Uh, Also, my good friend Katie Manning, who played Joe Grant in the John Pertwee era, and the unit team of John Levine, who played the wonderful Sergeant Benton, and Richard Franklin, who played Captain Yates. Uh, From the Tom Baker era, we've got Louise Jameson, who played Leela, and John Leeson, who is the voice of K-9. Also, going even backwards there from the second Doctor era, Fraser Hines, who played Jamie McCrimmon, will be there as well. And also a good friend of mine, Tony Lee, and a few others. You can find out more at chicagotardis.com. And I will most likely be moderating a panel on collecting Doctor Who. I've submitted that idea. I did one last year and it was very popular. So come on by. I also bring a bunch of items from my private collection to show. And many people last year said, wow, I've never seen one of those up close. I've only seen pictures. That's when you know you've got something nice and it feels good to to talk to other collectors and get other stories. In my next episode, I'll be starting collector stories. I'm collecting those stories from various Facebook 
Facebook groups, including the Doctor Who Collectors Club. And you can also leave them on our Facebook page at the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'd like to mention another podcast, uh, if I may. It's an excellent podcast. If you're reading the Target books and you want to follow them in story order, which is quite an undertaking, I recommend the Target Book Club podcast. It's hosted by Tony Witt, also on iTunes and SoundCloud. I was recently a guest on the episode where they talked about the mind of evil, and I will be appearing as of this taping on the next recorded episode, which is Day of the Daleks, which is today's collecting episode. And with very much luck, I will be on the Chicago TARDIS taping of the Three Doctors. They usually do a room party where they uh, gather people together and we all discuss that wonderful book. Of course, reading the books in order, um, the books are written in different years. So, for instance, The Day of the Daleks was written in 1974, whereas The Mind of Evil came out in 1986. So, and our theme song, of course, which always gets a lot of uh, applause, is uh, Who's Doctor Who by Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by Fraser Hines. And... Um, he actually, it was on, I talked about that record in the first episode. You can listen to these episodes in any order, and you can find out more about that record. It was a German uh, 45 um, that I uh, found, uh, and it's a beautiful shape. It's the only one with a picture sleeve. Uh, we'd like you to please consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Uh, publishing a podcast does take more than just time and effort and talent. And uh, we would like to ask, you know, if you can help out with as little as a $5 subscription, although the podcast will always remain free. I will try to have some extra special things for behind the scenes for my patrons. You can find us at patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, all one word. And uh, we also are available streaming now on Podbean. You can find us at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast podbeam.com. I'll make sure that's correct. I will put the correct web address on our webpage. Our webpage is doctorwhocollectors.com. And we'd love to have your, your input, your feedback, and please be sure to rate this podcast. Sad, Red, isn't it? People spend all that time making nice things, and other people come along and break them. It's time for collection protection. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about the the correct protective covers for your collectible Radio Times editions, possible newspapers, or oversized magazines that don't fit in a standard magazine magazine box. Excuse me. Some of the special edition Doctor Who magazines, like the 25th anniversary um, Radio Times edition, or any Radio Times, or some of the extra large special editions, they need a special box. So. I have been using, since 1981, the archival materials of Bags Unlimited. You can find them at www.bagsunlimited.com. You do need the W's in the web address, otherwise it won't open. And they are not a sponsor of the podcast. They're just something that I really trust for all my collectibles. Um, their materials are made of the highest grade materials for long-term storage as well as sturdy storage. They have many boxes that will fit uh, the newspapers as well as the, um, the bags. I also have a full-size Cinderella program. If you remember, uh, Peter Davison and Anthony Ainley, uh, along with Sandra Dickinson, were in um, a play uh, of Cinderella and they released a newspaper-sized program. Um, I have one that's folded, which is common, and I have one that's 
flat, which is very uncommon, and I want to protect the flat one as best as I can. So Bags Unlimited has been uh, around since before, before I started using them. They mostly served comic book stores with comic bags, but they've moved into everything. Um, so check them out. And if you have any collection protection ideas or stories or anything you want to share, uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, or you can send us an email at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com. Our website is DoctorWhoCollectors.com. I see, you really ought to try this Gorgonzola cheese. It's absolutely delicious. The main story. We're going to talk about collectibles surrounding a particular story. We did this before with Doctor Who and the Daleks, and the Daleks are very popular. Um, and, I'm, and, of course, Captain Obvious would say that. They were very popular. In 64, they were such a hit that the merchandising just took off. And I'm still discovering Dalek-related items, which I'm still cataloging as I find them. I found a Dalek weather vane um, that somebody had posted a picture of, and I saved the picture, and I'm trying to figure out where it came from. And, uh, of course, since somebody introduced me to Etsy, which is a website of, of, of crafts and handmade stuff, and, boy, they've got a boatload of stuff, um, I might need a new house when this is over. Um, but anyway, uh, Day of the Daleks is the first serial of the ninth season, and it happened New Year's Day, 1972, which is coincidental because my younger brother, Brian, was born on January 1st, 1972. He was the first baby born in our hometown, and uh, he does not let me forget that. Just kidding. We love you. Anyway, it was broadcast from uh, January 1st to January 22nd in 72, the first time the Daleks had appeared since 1967, and that was Evil of the Daleks. Uh, it happens to be personally one of my favorite stories because I saw it in 1975. Shortly after it released, it was re released here in the United States. Um, and it's been released with a special edition recently that features new special effects and updated Dalek voices by Nicholas Briggs. And uh, the original Dalek voices were just plain terrible. That's my opinion. And so this story actually produced almost as many printings of the book as Doctor Who and the Daleks. So we're going to go through the books and some of the other collectibles that go with this particular story. I'm not going to give any spoilers as far as what the story's about, um, but it's definitely some a story I highly recommend you either watch or read the book or listen to the dark, the Target Book Club podcast when we discuss the book, uh, which will be coming out shortly after this podcast is released. So let me start with the, uh, with the books. Now, the Target books were released starting in 1974. So this is the seventh Target book that was released. Uh, it was released in April of 1974 under the Target Publishing, um, owned by W.H. Allen at the time. And it has uh, the Chris Achilleos artwork on the front cover with uh, John Pertwee and the Daleks and the Ogrons. And uh, it's sold for, I believe, 90p. That's what it looks like here. Um, and it's... Uh, the, the one thing about this book and several subsequent printings is that, um, you know, and by the way, the first edition and the second edition uh, do not look any different. They have the same spine cover. They have the same cover. So you have to actually open the book and look at the printing on the first page. I own a copy of both a first and a second. And so um, what I found interesting is I've read, I've read the first edition and the first few editions of the UK printing has the most glaring typographical error I've ever seen in a Doctor Who book. It's on the very last page. In fact, the other thing is that the last page is missing a page number. 
and they misspelled the word doctor. It took till the sixth printing to fix the mistake, if you can believe it. Now, my day job is working with a, with a publisher, so I can't imagine going to reprint without doing another proof. In fact, we actually send our, our item to the editor for a second look before they do a reprint. So anyway, that's the, that's the first edition. Then we jump over to the Netherlands. Uh, December of 1974, um, we have Doctor Who in Der Doc van de Daleks, pardon my Dutch. Uh, it features the Chris Achilleos uh, artwork and it is published, by, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, but Uniobok BV Bussum Publishing, it's in paperback. Uh, this is one of eight Dutch uh, paperbacks that were all done in 1974, by the way. So if you're interested in collecting the entire Dutch collection, uh, the others include the Autumn Invasion, the Cave Monsters, the Crusaders, the Demons, the Daleks, the Doomsday Weapon, and the Zarbi. And if you want the crown jewel of the Dutch publications, one other Dutch publication was ever done. It was a hardcover edition of the Daleks in 1966. And in my last episode, that was the most outrageous offer on eBay. They wanted almost $700 for it, and it was in terrible condition. But it might be rare, and it might actually command a price maybe around $500, in my opinion. So that's that. Then we go to Brazil. And who doesn't want to go to Brazil? And we have in January 1975, so we get to the new year, we have, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the title because my Portuguese is pretty bad. Uh, but anyway, the title actually translates to Doctor Who and the Change of History. And what's notable is that the cover art is similar to the Achilles artwork. It's not Achilles. They have the wrong doctor on the front cover. They have a picture of William Hartnell on the front cover of the book. And uh, they use the same block logo as they did on the uh, targets. Uh, but that was interesting. I actually own two copies of this of this edition. It's interesting to see up close that, um, you know, that's how it worked. So uh, there was this was, by the way, the only only novelization published in Brazil. It was reprinted again with a different translation. So that's coming up later. The next one, we go to Turkey, and uh, that's uh, Dr. Kim Vedalek Baskini, pardon my Turkish. June of 1975, the publisher is Remzi Kitabivi, and the Turkish title translates to Doctor Who and the Dalek Raid. There were only six Turkish publications, all done in 1975. This was done in June of 75, and it includes the Daleks, the Abominable Snowmen, the Cybermen, the Auton Invasion, and the Doomsday Weapon. So if you want to collect all the Turkish editions, I do have one Turkish edition in my collection. So um, it's an interesting, it's slightly larger than the average Target book, actually. It's a little bit wider. Um, and then we go back to the, uh, to the UK, the second, um, the second or third edition, I should say, uh, which is... Um, you know, they changed the logo to the uh, to the Tom Baker era logo. They keep the Chris Achilles artwork. Um, it's uh, the second edition still has the typo in it, by the way. <laughs> um, and then um, we go to January 1978. And this is important for the timeline here because this uh, I did a I did a, an entire podcast to this uh, to this myth. But it's a U.S. hardback edition done by Aeonian Publications and it was limited to 300 copies. I do own one of them. It actually has the same Doctor Who logo as the Pinnacle Edition. And I did an entire podcast on the Pinnacle Editions and some sellers are selling the Aeonian copy 
as a hardback pinnacle and charging $600. I actually secured a brand new one for about 20. So be careful when you buy things out there. Uh, yeah, only 300 were made and they, um, they did take out the typo. So it's not, it's not present there. The next edition, this is what, um, you know, as far as the timeline, April, 1979. So almost an entire year later, the U.S. paperback edition in Pinnacle, Doctor Who and the Day of the Daleks. Um, this is one of 10 Pinnacle editions. I'm not going to list them all because there's another podcast, a previous episode already done on the Pinnacle editions. And this was re-edited for American audiences. And I'll just say that, that all the Britishisms like uh, boot and torch were trained to trunk and flashlight for the sake of the audience, because in 79, there were still a lot of places in the country that didn't have Doctor Who on the TV. And so um, the Pinnacle edition actually had many printings. Um, I believe it went up to eight printings. It started in 79. They stopped publication of the Pinnacle editions in 1989. So these books were around for 10 years. And um, they were very popular in this country, I think with a cover price of $1.25. So it's a whole year. They use the same logo as the Aeonian books, and they are not related, as far as I know. I tried to find out uh, who owned Aeonian Publishing, but um, I came up empty. If you know anything, give us a buzz. We'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, next, we go to Japan in August of 1980 with a paperback edition. Um, the publisher is Hayakawa Bunko. And there's no ISBN number, at least it's unknown because it is in Japanese. And the Japanese title translates to The Dalek Race's Counterattack. There were five Japanese publications of Doctor Who books, all published in the 1980, which include The Daleks, The Auton Invasion, The Cave Monsters, and The Doomsday Weapon. And the cover kind of features a Japanese woman holding a pistol, uh, shooting a Dalek head off. Kind of a violent cover, but that's that there that is. Um, in January of 1981, the second Pinnacle edition came out, same exactly as the first one, except the Doctor Who logo is gold instead of red. And then we go to uh, August of 1981, the UK hardcover edition by W.H. Allen, featuring the neon logo and a different artwork by uh, Andrew Skilleter does the artwork for this one. And this... Uh, in August of 81, uh, this is actually uh, still has the, uh, <laughs> it actually does not have the typo in this one. It took six printings of the paperback before they fixed it, and they fixed it in time for the hardcover. Um, the hardcover edition is extremely rare. I'm not sure if it's because of a low print run or just a very popular acquisition. It's the only copy of Day of the Daleks I've been unable to secure. And um, I've had people looking for it. And one person at one point was offering $200 for his copy, which I thought was a bit high, especially since it was an ex-library edition. And I thought, I think we can just keep waiting on that one. So I do not have a copy of that one to, to refer to, but that's, uh, that's the hardcover edition. We go to January of 1982 for the uh, paperback release with the Andrew Skilleter artwork and the Peter Davison uh, Doctor Who Neon logo. Uh, the typo is corrected. Uh, then we go back, uh, then we go to Portugal, which is interesting. Um, this is uh, released in Portuguese with a different translation than the Brazilian. They speak Portuguese in Brazil as well. So uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks, uh, despite, uh, it says, despite both of these books being, this book uses an entirely different translation than the Brazilian edition. There were 10 Portuguese um, books 
done in 1983, and it includes the Auton Invasion, the Cave Monsters, the Demons, the Doomsday Weapon, Sea Devils, the Daleks, the Crusaders, the Abominable Snowmen, and the Zarbi. And it features the uh, Tom Baker logo in Portuguese and pictures of Daleks on the front cover. The artist is unknown. Um, then we go back to the United States in January of 1983, the third printing of the Pinnacle book with a different color Doctor Who logo. Um, and then we go on January of 1989, so several years later, the, the fourth and final printing of the Pinnacle edition um, is done, and uh, it's with a gold logo. No changes from the previous one. And then uh, in uh, 1991, the UK paperback, Doctor Who and the Daleks, um, featuring uh, artwork by uh, McCoy, uh, let's see, it's the Alistair Pearson does the artwork for that one. And that features the Sylvester McCoy, and I believe it's a blue spine, as people talk about the blue spine editions. Um, so that's, that's important to note. Then we go to Poland. In January of 1994, uh, I can't even pronounce the uh, the title, but it features the Sylvester McCoy and the Alistair Pearson artwork on the front cover. Uh, only two other Polish novelizations were published. It was The Three Doctors and Revenge of the Cybermen. And then we go back to the UK. We jump a long way here to May of 2012, um, which features uh, the the newer Doctor Who logo and the original Andrew uh, Chris Achilles artwork, which I, I thought was a great idea to go back to that. And that's the book that's currently in print at the moment. Uh, and this is, uh, this is a second batch of a half dozen reprints and also put in paperback and ebook form. So moving to the modern age. Um, so that's the, you know, this, this, that's the last of the, of those books. Now, in addition to that, you know, kind of jumping to uh, November of 2016, Doctor Who and the Day of the Daleks was turned into an audiobook, and it was read by Richard Franklin and featured Dalek voices by Nicholas Briggs, and it is an unabridged reading of Doctor Who and the Daleks. I've actually, I've sat through the whole thing. It is still in print, and you can get it uh, for about $17 um, or $7.94 new, according to the last printing on Amazon. Uh, you can also get it in digital format. Uh, so it's an audio reading. So it's uh, it's really quite neat how they've done that. And one other book of note here, just jumping backwards here a little bit. In June of 1983, uh, W.H. Allen released a hardcover book called Doctor Who Dalek Omnibus um, by Terrence Dix and includes the Dalek Invasion of Earth, Planet of the Daleks, and Day of the Daleks. So this story is included there. This is not to be confused with the Doctor Who and the Dalek Omnibus by Arbus Publications. That's, we're going to talk about that on a different podcast. That's a different book and came out a lot sooner and has different stories. So those are the books. There's also uh, a couple of very cool um, Dalek figures. The, the gold Dalek was very popular. And I'm going to start with the... Uh, the Eagle Moss figurine collection, the bonus Dalek 1, Day of the Daleks, the gold Dalek, ruler of the earth, January 1, 1972. Um, the gold standard. So the gold Dalek, the leader of the Daleks in the 22nd century earth, uh, it's, uh, there had never been a Dalek like the gold Dalek seen on TV. Um, but very, very like it uh, was seen in the big screen version of the Dalek invasion of earth, uh, the movie. But it was an impressive golden livery and jet black hemispheres. It's no surprise that when they came to work in color, they went for gold. Um, 
the history of uh, basically the, the design of the Dalek, they talk about it in the little booklet here. I'm not going to do too many spoilers from the booklet, but um, the flat top gun boxes were a design tweak that made um, that were made, I guess, uh, from the movie Doctor Who and the Daleks. The skirt of the prop is now in private hands and the paint layers removed many incarnations. So it's been used again. And on location of Bulls Bridge, there were no covering on the fender of the bottom and the Daleks were never visible on screen. So that was kind of interesting. If you look at the, the scene where the Daleks are coming out of the tunnel, you don't see the bottom of the Dalek. So that's kind of interesting. And I also have, from the Doctor Who Masterpiece Collection, uh, an eight-inch limited edition maxi bust, Dalek, Day of the Daleks, the gold Dalek in the Masterpiece Collection. Um, it's a premium maxi bust. It's from the original blueprints of the gold Dalek. And you can get in, in other, other of these uh, in this series here, you can get the 11th Doctor, 10th Doctor, 9th, 4th, 3rd, Amy Pond, Captain Jack, a Weeping Angel, a Cyberman, and a Genesis of the Daleks Daleks. This is by Titan Merchandise. Um, my one complaint about this gold Dalek, the gun stick is made very poorly, and one of the pieces broke off just right out of the package. And I was not too happy about that because apparently they're they're lightly soldered. And so if you grab the gun stick, you will break the gun stick. So I, I, I'll caution you if you buy this Dalek and the gun stick comes broken, don't panic, mine did too. Uh, last but not least, the episode itself was released on video. And so in home media, uh, and uh, the earliest, uh, of course, this is the earliest story for which the original videotapes exist. So they actually have this original in its original format. It was released on VHS and Betamax in 1986. Uh, the story was mistitled as The Day of the Daleks on the VHS box art box art and re-released in episodic format in 1994. So they actually put the episode together. Um, the previous VHS omnibus edition remained as a release for the United States and Canada. Um, the story was even released on Laserdisc, if you remember that. And the Laserdisc is a, kind of a rare item. If you can find one, it's, it's, uh, it's rather collectible. It's very nice. Uh, the DVD was released on September 12, 2011, and the two-disc um, DVD set contains the original broadcast version and a special edition with new CGI effects. Uh, there were newly shot footage um, and new Dalek voices performed by Nicholas Briggs. Um, and if you'll see the, at the end of the uh, episode, I'm going to play two clips. I'll, uh, I'll reintroduce them later, but I've got the original Dalek speech with the old Dalek voices. The actors that did them had never done Dalek voices before. And of course, the Nicholas Briggs. Nicholas Briggs makes these Daleks more terrifying than the original. Um, so this, this story has actually gained a lot of attention, especially with the, the gold Dalek, which was the the Dalek Supreme, I believe. They don't really address that in the story, but um, he's definitely menacing, more menacing in the new edition. Uh, so this is, uh, this is that, and um, it's a very, very cool thing. Thank you for listening for that episode. Now it's time for the most outrageous item. Um, what I look for out there is I look for somebody who's selling something at a very ridiculous price. So I this was sent to me, actually. 
So I thank the person that sent it. I uh, don't have a name. It came from an email, so I'm not going to give the email out just for privacy. Anyway, the, um, the book is called Script Docker, Doctor, The Inside Story of Doctor Who, 1986 to 1989 by Andrew Cartmel. Um, from what I can understand, what I know about this book uh, is, was uh, published by Reynolds and Hearn in 2005. And it features Sylvester McCoy on the front cover. The first edition paperback uh, has the script doctor title at the top uh, with Sylvester McCoy, and the second edition has it at the bottom um, with a foreword by Sylvester McCoy. I guess they added that. Uh, the seller here, the bookseller is Barnett Books Limited, San Diego, California. Um, they're selling a copy of the book for, and you might want to sit down for this one, $1,860.47. Can't even see here if it is a mint condition book. Doesn't say. Um, I thought, wow, that's a lot of money. Uh, anyway, in the same ad, it says that there are some new copies selling for $624.20, still a little high, uh, and three used copies from $462.95. And I thought, that's crazy. Um, and uh, of course, Amazon UK has a new copy for £987.99. In, in the U.S., $225, and in Canada, $1,106.72. What is with this book? Well, your expert collector here uh, bought a copy of this book today for $70. Go me. I'll let you know when it comes in. So definitely not worth that price. Um, so if you find an item out there that just looks ridiculously priced. Now, keep in mind, if you're buying an original prop from the series and it's been certified and they're asking for $1,000 or more, um, it might be worth that. I mean, I remember in 1985 at the uh, TARDIS 21 convention in Chicago, John Nathan Turner, uh, the late John Nathan Turner, producer of Doctor Who, sold the Hawaiian shirt off his back for $100. All that money was going to charity. And uh, my business partner at the time bought one of John Pertwee's tuxedos. I think he still has it. So anyway, that's, uh, that being said, uh, that is the most ridiculous price I've seen for a book on Doctor Who that isn't handwritten by the author or autographed by a dead celebrity. So there you go. Uh, we're going to finish. Uh, thank you. By the way, thank you for listening. I appreciate uh, all the all the great comments that have come in from this podcast. Uh, I hope it's informative. You know, I, I look to you for, for feedback. You, know, you can rate this podcast. You can give it a thumbs up. You can give it a thumbs down, whatever you feel. Um, just remember, comments are moderated. Um, you know, please be you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be critical, there's a good way and a bad way. Um, we want to avoid that. So anyway, we're going to close our podcast with two specific clips. The first clip is a Dalek speech from the original edition of Day of the Daleks featuring the original Dalek voices. And after that, a similar clip with Nicholas Briggs. Thank you for listening and keep collecting. is operating the time machine is an enemy of the Daleks. All enemies of the Daleks must be destroyed. Exterminate them. Exterminate them. Exterminate them. Whoever is operating the time machine is an enemy of the Daleks. 
All enemies of the Daleks must be destroyed. Exterminate them. <laughs>